grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. As this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today a special message Pastor Sean Azaro delivered for the Advent season with the hope that comes with Christmas. We're all hungry for something more. We long for it. We go to great lengths to try to fill the emptiness and yet it remains. Find out what Jesus says will satisfy your hunger. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then we hope you do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. The series is called In the Flesh. Today is part two of the message called The Source. Pastor Sean Azaro is teaching from the book of John. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. I want to suggest to us, because of his spirit resident in us, in me, in you, It's not correct to simply say, he gave me life. Well, he's my creator, so he gave me life. Well, he was my redeemer, so when I became a follower of Jesus, he gave me life. No, I want to suggest it is proper to say he gives me life. He is the source of life today. He is the source of life now. Not he was, he is right now. See, because we are people who are hungry for something. We look for something. We try to satisfy that hunger in all different kinds of ways. He is the giver of life right now. Jesus said it as a be- in a beautiful way. We see him as creator in John 1. We see him as redeemer in John 1. But I want to suggest he is also the giver of life as sustainer. He is the sustainer of life because of his spirit in us. Here's the way Jesus laid it out in John 15, just these few verses beginning at verse 5. Remember Jesus' illustration, my father's the gardener, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you can bear much fruit. Father prunes the vine so they can bear fruit. Those who don't, They're cut off. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Understand this in the context of the illustration. He used the illustration because it's kind of obvious. Well, of course, if you cut a branch off the vine, we all know it may still look alive, but it's going to be dead soon because it's just been cut off from the source. Jesus is saying, that's what I am in you. I'm the source. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is such a powerful scripture, powerful description of what his presence in us means. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus gives us this picture And here's the main point I want want you to write down this morning. If you're taking notes, write it down. Jesus is the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. Our ongoing hunger for life. Let me tell you, this word, ongoing, it wasn't originally in my sentence, and I didn't want it because a sentence speaks better without it. I think about that kind of stuff. You're like, really? But it was so important, it had to be there. Our hunger for life is not like a one-time thing, and then once we find that thing that satisfies, okay, now we're done. No, we all through our our entire lives are seeking the life that we were created for, and we seek it all different kind of ways. This is not just a message to the unbeliever. We sometimes think that's a message to the unbeliever. Those of us who found Christ, well, of course, yeah, we're done. We, we, We did that. We checked that box. That's absolutely wrong. He is the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. Paul said, remember in Acts 17, 28, he said, in him we live, in him we move, and we have our being. 
This is so important. So many of us miss it. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We seek so many things. We seek so many different ways to satisfy that hunger. I mean, think about it. You know, sometimes it's almost easier for you to look at other people because we're not really objective with ourselves. Look at people who you care about and you know in your family or maybe in, in someone who you've prayed for, been concerned with. You can almost see the thing that they're trying to satisfy the hunger and you can see the hunger. And that doesn't mean these are always unhealthy things. Sometimes they're fine. But I want to suggest you anytime we go outside of the true, the only source to truly satisfy that inner hunger, whatever it is, even good things become unhealthy things. Even good things can become destructive things because they can never really satisfy. Remember in uh, John 6, this is right after Jesus had fed the multitude with loaves and fishes and they come looking for him. And he's like, yeah, you came because you're looking for lunch again. Really, he says that. And it's like, no, we're spiritual. We want to... See, it's, it's, really, it's, 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 and he's like, yeah, you, you came because you were fed. And so, so they ask him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Because they'd seen the sign of loaves and fishes. They're wanting an encore. What sign will you do that, will you, that we may see and believe? What will you do? And listen, that, now they help Jesus along. They give a little suggestion. Well, our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And they're kind of like, you could do the bread thing again. My brother-in-law here didn't see it. It was awesome. Some of the best bread I've ever had. Really, it was excellent. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven. It's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. And so they're still thinking, oh, this is going to get good. Jesus is going to start cooking. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, listen, I want you to hear this. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am the sustenance. I am your nourishment, your daily portion. That's what I am. Whoever comes to me will, ne- will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. See, we all have a hunger. And just because you're a follower of Jesus, your hunger hasn't stopped. In fact, I want to say to you, he put that hunger in you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. He put it in you. Where you satisfy it, though, makes all the difference in the world. Because we as Christians can try to satisfy that hunger in all kinds of things. Try to satisfy it in church activities. Try to satisfy it in religious programming. All kinds of things. And please, I'm a pastor. For the love of God. I mean, church activities are great. But I'm just telling you, you can go, if you think that's going to satisfy, those are great things if they help connect you to Jesus, the source that will satisfy. But if, if you're trying to kind of check boxes and go through religious activity and satisfy the hunger, it, religious activity can't do it. It's not enough. Now, Jesus is the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. A couple thoughts. Jesus satisfies our hunger for meaning. This is one of the big things we're hungry for. We are looking for meaning. And we look for it all different kind of places. We are looking for meaning. When I say meaning, I'm talking about significance. We're looking for significance. I matter and I made a difference. That's significance. 
I mattered. We all want to matter. We want our life to matter. We want to know we made a difference. It wasn't just about kind of going to work, do the week, and kind of get it over with as quick as possible, try to enjoy the weekend as much as possible, and then start it all over again just to get to the next weekend. That's a rat race none of us really wants to be a part of, but if we're honest, far too many of us are. And, And... Something in us hungers for significance and purpose. Purpose is that thing that says, I did something important and worthwhile. It's one of our biggest perceived needs. You know that significance and purpose? If you ask people, kind of in that quiet moment where we're reflective and honest, that desire for meaning, significance and purpose is a big deal. And we achieve it, I mean, we pursue it all different kind of ways. We do it through work and achievement. You know, I'll have significance and meaning and purpose if if I achieve this next level. If I get this promotion, if I get this career, if if I can achieve these things, if I can get this high, then I will be significant. Then I'll have meaning. We do it through money. When I get enough money, then I'll really... People will see me differently, and I'll be up here. I'll be in this upper echelon. I'll be able to do these things. I'll be empowered. I'll be secure. I'll have all these different things because I have enough money. And we look for that sense of purpose and meaning. Education. I get enough letters after my name. People look at me with respect. And what I say will matter. And I'll be up here because I want to be important. I want meaning. I want significance. Connections. If I know the right people, if I hang with the right people, If I'm in that crowd or that group, then I'll really have achieved. One of the saddest people in the world to talk to, listen to me. One of the saddest people, the person who spent their life climbing the ladder and they make it to the top. And then they realize that ladder was leaning against the wrong building the whole time. They realize I made it to the top of something that at the end of the day doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, I got more toys. I got more money. Uh, I'm, my name's on the door. Big deal. I'm still me. I still have this hunger, and it's still not satisfied. See, Jesus will satisfy our hunger for purpose, for meaning and significance. Look at this passage where he calls some people from their life to a different life of significance, purpose, and meaning. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, the listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called The Source from the series In the Flesh, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. 
goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, The Source. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Okay, so this is their profession. They're at work. Okay? We know that they actually, they, they, you know, they worked, some of them worked with their parents and in family businesses. And Jesus says this, listen, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. A more familiar translation to us is I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you fish. In other words, you will be different. I will call you to something different. Come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. I think we repeated that. Okay, it says, at once they left their nets, and they followed him. At once they left their nets, and they followed him. Come follow me, Jesus said. I'll send you out to fish for people. They took that so seriously, they left their nets and followed them. See, he, he calls them to something of significance. I am going to change what your focus is. I'm going to make you someone who fishes for people. And obviously they understood him. They weren't taking him literally because like, well, you fish for people. That's weird. How do you clean them? I don't even know. <laughs> they, they understood. He was saying, I, this is a rabbi calling them to something different. See, I want to suggest to you this really is the most important mission in the world, fishing for people. Because there's only two things in the world that are eternal, God and the things of God and people, right? So when we work to minister to people, it changes everything. It changes everything. But I want to suggest to you the key is in these words right here. Come, follow me. The key is in these words, follow me. We focus on the... I'll make you fishers for people. And the mission part, and that's exciting. And Because we, we're doers, and we think, oh, then I'll do that, and I'll be doing something significant. It begins right here. Follow me. Jesus says, follow me. And I want to suggest to you the key to significance for anyone is in these two words, follow me. He wants to give you a life of significance. And, and you know, you've got to stop and understand. Um, there are millions of boys throughout Western civilization named Peter because he did. He said yes. We don't know a whole lot about the the... Roman governors at the time. We know Pilate because of his relation to Jesus' story. But the other characters and other people who were important people, significant people at the time, yeah, they were kind of forgotten. Not this guy named Simon Peter. Jesus made his life significant. Think about Moses. We know the name of a pharaoh connected with the story only because he's connected to Moses' story. We don't know any of the other officials, any of the other important people of his day, but we sure know Moses. God called this man and gave him a life of significance. And it was these two words, follow me. I want to say to you, those words are being uttered to you and I today. And, and okay, I'm not saying you have to go and leave your job and go and kind of start something totally new. I'm not saying that that's what God has for you. Maybe one day he will, I don't know. But what I'm telling you is if, if tomorrow morning you get up for work, and instead of just kind of going through your day and your routine and just kind of doing your stuff and going through your list, if instead you say, Jesus, today I'm going to follow you, I promise you he will begin to lead you into the significant right there in your work, right there in your company, right there in 
your group, your office, your team, whatever you work, whatever your work structures are, there are people and they're eternal. And Jesus wants to help you become a fisher of people, a fisherman for people, someone who makes a difference in eternity. He wants to give you significance right where you are. Now, he may end up saying, I've got something else. And it's time for you to step out and make a change. That's awesome. He did that for me one time. And that's how I ended up here. I don't know what he'll do for you. What I do know is tomorrow, the important thing is the follow me part. And I want to challenge you in that. See, he wants us to lead us daily in a life of significance and meaning. And he's the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. Second thing, Jesus satisfies our hunger for love. He satisfies our hunger for love. We are relational beings, and we are created for love, and every one of us knows it. Those two things, by the way, purpose and love, are our two greatest perceived needs. Survey after survey, Gallup polls, different surveys kind of say the same thing, what people hunger for. Significance, meaning, purpose, and love, those two things. Because we were created for those. We are relational beings created for love. And the problem is we live in a world that is run on lust or artificial love. And, and let me say, when I, when, when I say lust, I'm not just talking about sexual or physical. Lust is just that thing that says, I want it to have it. It's about me. I must have it. I must have it for me. And that is artificial love. God's love is completely different. And I want to suggest much of our drivenness, the stuff that drives us, is rooted in our unmet need for love and acceptance. So many things that we do that we later go, why did I do that? So many times when we're manipulated, we go, why did I let that person manipulate me? Because I'm hungry for love. I'm trying to meet that need, that unmet need for love. Well, if you've ever been in that place, if you've ever wondered, am I really loved? I'm here to bring you good news. Jesus said it this way in John 15, beginning at verse 9. This is right after the section about the, this is right, just continuing in the section on the vine and the branches. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Listen, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. And then he says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I wonder what they, I'm certain when they heard that scripture, because he just said, love each other as I've loved you. And they're like, and then he says, greater love is no one than this, he laid down his life for his friends. I'm sure they're looking around going, he wants me to lay down my life for these guys. Wow. I don't know. And they're focusing on him. I think a very short time later when he's hanging on the cross, all of a sudden they understand that scripture. Oh my gosh, that's what he meant. Love each other as I've loved you. The greatest possible love you can display is to lay down your life for a friend. And then there he is on the cross. That's what he meant. He loved us so much that he would give his life for us. That's agape love. That's God love. And that's what Jesus displayed. See, 
in Jesus, I want to say to you, you are loved and accepted. Ultimately, empirically, you are. And you need to receive that. Some of you maybe need to receive that this morning. You need to let God in. You need to let him love you like that. See, it's done. He did it. Game over. Never again do you have to perform for love. If you find yourself as one who performs for love and acceptance. I mean, there's people, I've talked to people, know people who are still jumping through hoops, performing, driving themselves to get love from a parent who's been deceased for 10 years. It's like, okay, let it go. And by the way, let me tell you God's message to you. You are loved. You do matter. You are loved by the creator of all things. You are loved by the most important person in the universe. And he loves you deeply, so much so that he gave his life for you. That's serious love. See, Jesus satisfies our hunger for love when we go to him and press in. He's the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. Some people actually say, and I just felt the need to insert this, well, look, I don't know about significance. I don't know about love. I'm just so busy trying to make ends meet. Okay, it's what I do. I'm just working to keep afloat here. Um, Jesus promises to satisfy our basic life needs as well. This is really important because so many of us spend so much time, we don't even have time to stop and think or breathe about where am I getting satisfied, where's my hunger, where where am I I with Jesus, because I'm so busy just working one job, two jobs, working overtime, just trying to make ends meet. See, our needs were put in us to draw us to him, our need for meaning and purpose, our need for love, and our basic needs were put in us to draw us to him. Remember, I love the passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 6. Where Jesus says, yeah, look at the birds. Uh, they, don't, they don't work their tails off. They don't kind of store in barns. They don't do all this stuff. And yet Father feeds them. You're more important. He'll feed you. Or he said, look at the flowers. Not even Solomon in all his splendor was as beautifully dressed as one of them. Well, what are you worrying about clothes for? He'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Your Father knows. And then he said these words, Matthew 6, 31 through 34. He says, so don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? He said, the pagans, the unbelievers, they run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Be hungry for him. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You have a Father, and he wants to be your provider. He says, you don't have to be worried or afraid. You don't have to run after provision. He knows and he cares and he promises to be your provider. And some of you are like, well, that's not practical. Come on, you got to eat. You got to have a roof over your head. I'm just telling you. God really wants to be your provider. Now, so many of our financial mistakes put us in places where it's like, okay, we're dealing with a lot more than worrying about provision here. I'm paying the debt. I'm, I'm trying to pay for the toys. I'm trying to keep up with the house that I couldn't afford or whatever it is. Now, I'm not saying that you can live exactly the lifestyle that you want. And what I'm saying is Jesus said, food, clothing, shelter, I'll, I'll meet your needs. I'll meet your needs. Seek me. 
I think he really does. I think his promise is that he will give us work that makes us enough to pay for those basic needs so that we can be free. So that we can be free. We don't need to be a slave to a job that doesn't mean anything to us or that we hate or that we, we feel like compromises our values. We don't have to be slaves to, to debt. We don't have to be slaves to finances. He says, no, I don't want that. I want you to be free. He created us to be free. And he wants to help us get there. Jesus is the only source that can truly satisfy our ongoing hunger for life. Last thing, make time daily to be satisfied in him. Here's the action point. Make time daily to be satisfied in him. You're like, oh, he wants to satisfy the hunger. Awesome. What do I do? Well, this is what you do. You make time daily to be satisfied in him. We all run so hard. We are exhausted. He doesn't want us to live life exhausted. He wants us to be filled. And that comes from being with him. Follow Jesus looks like spending time with him, listening for him, letting him speak to us, letting him minister to us and fill us so that when we do go to work, we're different. So that when we do begin to to do the things that life requires of us, that it's part of life and that's fine. But we don't do it empty, exhausted, and hungry. I just want to say, so many of us are slaves to things that Jesus never intended us to be slaves to. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, In the Flesh, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.